Welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. My name is David. And I'm Matt. And we are here talking about making it count. And specifically today, we're talking about labor saving devices. Matt, what mm-hmm. do labor saving devices mean? Well, I mean, I think it's a fairly self explanatory name. Uh, in It just is any device um, that would save a person sometime in labor and effort and so that uh could probably we would immediately think of household things household examples like a washing machine or a dishwasher something like or that even even a vacuum cleaner right you know if you used to have a rug you'd have to take it outside you'd have to beat the dust out of it yep. and then you bring it in well now we have these hoovers or vacuum cleaners that can take up all that dust and and now even we have what these robot vacuum cleaners that you just Press the button, it goes around and does it itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So those are sort of some of the examples we might um, typically uh, understand and have come across before. So, uh, but in some of the reading I was doing, it was very interesting that I I found some stuff from like 1905, the Quarterly Journal of Economics, and it was talking about kind of all these labour saving in you know, in industry and in steel industry and everything and and what the effects of that were. And it didn't come up with loads of examples. But, you know, if you think about just how technology has developed over the years and through different revolutions, industrial revolution and everything, we've now got the, um, was it technological or the IT revolution? And now we're in the maybe the AI revolution. Yeah, there's always these dreams. There's these kind of two, uh, two sides to the discussion. You're like, oh, wow, like this... This could save so much, you know, toil and labour. This could do so much, you know, to reduce what we have to do, the drudgery. But then you have the other side, people going, well, hang on, what, won't it replace us? Won't it replace humans and, and displace us from from what, you know, we're good at and, and, and the things that we do? So th- those are some of the maybe part of what we're going to discuss today a little bit. Yeah, maybe it's talking a little bit about a, a truer cost. As you said, there's there's this idea that we in having these machines we save time we save effort you know it frees us up to do so much more but maybe there's an unrecognized cost and i suppose part of the reason we were talking about this mm. was something that happened maybe a few weeks ago where i was in a church service actually and they invited people to come up and tell a story of uh praise or thanksgiving for something that had happened and this guy, he was a bit older, probably retired or even older, potentially. He goes up and he's telling of like this challenge he's had. And then he talks about how he was doing the washing up. And then he sort of goes, oh, it's, it's always when you're doing the washing up where you have these like, amazing thoughts. And it, nobody in the room made a noise. Nobody laughed or ch- you know chuckled or resonated with that in any way. And I thought that's really interesting that he's had this moment where he's just doing a bit of manual labor, a bit of washing up, just reflecting and thinking about it and had this really good insight that helped launch him into the the future. And actually, probably 80, 90 percent of that room are busy using a dishwasher. And so they don't have that moment. And so in their life, they've never realized that actually just washing up can give you that moment so we're in this room there's maybe 100 150 people listening to this guy talk and they missed the key point of it or they couldn't relate to a key point and i thought that's exactly what we're talking about here like the dishwasher is like this key labor saving device you don't have to wash up anymore 
but there's a cost to that. Yeah. And we've, uh, you know, mum, our mum, she's done that. She, you know, we would try and wash up as a service to her sometimes, not regularly, but sometimes. <laughs> uh, but actually, she would fight for that. She's like, no, I want to wash up. I want to look out the window and just, you know, think. No music going on, no podcast listening in the background. It's just, you know, I spent my day probably, and she's never really articulated this, but this is what I perceived is that she spent her day working, it, you know, with her mind, mentally, you know, stimulated. And this was just a moment to breathe, do something that she doesn't have to think about too hard yep. and just process things. Absolutely. I've experienced that as well. Um, I, I think growing up, whenever it was past, you know, I'll do the washing up, like, ah. I hate the washing up, especially when it's like, you know, a lot of oil and grease and everything. But actually, I did I did learn, you know, that there is a almost a peacefulness to doing it. You know, there's there's some of a, a bit of a ritual, you kind of get all the big bits and you rinse it through, and then you go, okay, now we're gonna get the proper hot water, get the soap in, get off the oil, rinse it off and and stack it aside. And there was just a, a ritual to it. And um and I, I developed a little bit of an, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not so bad. And there is that, that beauty to it. And even just as you were, you were speaking, I was wondering like a, one of the favorite pastimes of many people in, in England and, and, and Great Britain is gardening. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wonder if part of the joy of gardening is like, yeah, you just, you're just doing something that isn't necessarily complex, isn't necessarily like really challenging, just, simple actions you're getting down there you're doing something with your hands uh and and it gives your brain time to just wander and be with the clouds and yeah, to focus on what you're doing but it's not so intense that you have to apply all your attention it just allows your mind to wander mm. and you yes you could hire someone to do that and, and you know plenty of people do but plenty of people actually do it themselves and enjoy that and there must be something and i wonder if part of that is you know I don't want to save this labor. I, I enjoy that because there is an element of as humans, we are made to to, to do work, to do good work. Uh, and of course, there's toil. And I think that's a large part of what labor saving devices um, attempt to do. And that's something that Andy Crouch talks about in his book, mm. um, you know, the life we're, lo we're looking for and some of the, the interviews he's done. And he goes, what we've been really good at doing since the Industrial Revolution is uh, effectively making toil easier mm -hmm. so taking the pain out of toil and what he said we've we've lacked and we've we've missed is making work good and and seeing how to make work good uh, and i think that's an interesting um side thought that's not necessarily where we want to take our discussion today but i just thought it was really interesting you know and while we're in the andy crouch bit i think it was in his book but maybe it was in a podcast about i heard him being interviewed where he had a washing up story as well and he said early in his in his marriage you know because it's all about washing up we said it's about labor saving devices but actually we're feeling a need to wash up those dirty dishes they're calling me from the kitchen no um but he talked about early in his marriage that they use he they used to do washing up and actually you know then they got a dishwasher and he realized as, as he was reflecting back that he and his wife used to do washing up together and they would have these great conversations. Mm. And then he's now looked back and he's like, we got the dishwasher. How many of those great conversations did we never have because we just had the dishwasher? And it's like, yeah. oh, it's not again about don't have a dishwasher, you know, do the washing up instead. You know, at the moment, we've got 
a dishwasher and uh, and we do the washing up. And sometimes it's just like, you know what? <laughs> we got too much. We should get to chuck it in the dishwasher. But we yeah. only do that once or twice a week. But there's something about, you know, we talked about labor-saving devices, this idea that we save time and that actually we can... Or save time for what, I suppose, is the counter question. And that actually yeah. in the washing up, whether it is that, oh, now I can have this conversation with my wife or with a friend around me, or actually I'm just, I'm unwinding. It's a meditative, low focus moment where my brain can catch up and I can think, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I I probably should go and apologize to that person. Or, hey, this is what I feel is going on. Or I've had this yeah. amazing spark that's happened. And uh, so that, that's with the washing up and like you said, with the gardening. And I even think, well, uh, we know a couple, Dan and Susie, but other people have talked about this, this idea of going for a walk, you know, and they, they recently talked to me about how they're going for a walk every day together. And mm. how many writers and creative people over time have gone, hey, the walk is the most important thing. Soren Kierkegaard, I don't know if I said that right for those who are uh, from from that country but he famously went for like hour walks he would walk his way into health is what he said but also these ideas these rich thoughts mm. that would happen when he's out on that walk in nature and the like and what do we have as an exercise thing you can get the benefits of a run in 90 seconds of this exercise you just high intensity it you know save your time you get the benefits of health in this mini like mini time it's like Oh yeah, that's that's maybe true at some level, but also there's something to be said for spending time doing something in a yeah. in a lower intensity state. I love that. I think that's so good, uh, and it, it ties in with kind of our last episode. We were talking about you know um, freedom, freedom from, and freedom to. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all well and good to say, yeah, it's not. I just hate doing the dishes, so I don't want to do that. I'm going to be freed from that. Got the dishwasher. Um, and I'm sure most people would say gladly, I'm so thankful that I have a washing machine. I don't have to wash my clothes by hand like they, you know, like was used to done. But that it raises that question. What am I now free to? You know, what am I now free to do? Uh, because the, when we were thinking about this, I, I thought there's a couple of ways we could title this episode. And I don't know how we will title it in the end. But I was thinking, you know, you could say, you know, the cost of labor-saving devices, the hidden cost. Or, you know, I I had like labor-saving devices, subtitle, enabling mind-numbing behaviors. Because I I was recently in a discussion, um, sort of on a discussion forum where the the, the question was kind of, how have you noticed sort of like the food that you eat um, affecting your your behavior, your mood, the the way that you you are in, in the world? And lots of people were saying, you know, oh, well, junk food, this and junk food, that and lots of sugar and carbs and whatever makes me feel blah, blah, blah. But the most insightful comment I saw was from someone who basically said, yeah, I I really uh, like to eat, you know, fresh uh, fruit and vegetables and like cook from scratch. But it's not just the food itself. What I noticed is like, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the process of creating a meal from scratch, you know, actually making something and, and making it and uh, enjoying that 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 process of going from raw materials to a meal and even the presentation and making it beautiful. And, th- and then they said, because what I've noticed is like, if I just order food in or, you know, like buy food from a, a restaurant or whatever, what what do I normally spend that time doing elsewise that I would be spending cooking? 
I normally just spend that like on my phone scrolling or watching a TV program. And again, like that's not necessarily bad from, you know, last week's discussion on indistractable. If you intend to do that, great. That's not wasted. That's you wanted to do that. You can do that with no shame, no guilt, free. But if that's kind of your default behavior that you just sink to because, well, I don't have anything else to do. I'm a little bit bored and, oh, I don't want to feel bored. So I'll just pull out the phone. You know, actually, have you, have, has that time been saved, you know, or has it just been, it's now just been defaulted to the next low down. And so I, I think there's something so interesting. And again, uh, Andy Crouch does talk about that in his book and in, in some of the interviews, that exact example, he says, um, there, there's this beautiful um, rhythm almost in creation in, in the way the world has been made is that there should be work, good work, and then rest, work and rest. And so the work and rest version of a meal is literally someone or maybe a couple of people together spend time taking those ingredients, making a meal, and then the rest is hopefully everybody enjoys that together. He says the toil and leisure version of that is you basically order out. You know, you or you order food in a takeout or a takeaway, uh, and so that means that someone hidden from you is toiling, is working away and toiling for that. Um, and then the leisure is you guys just get to eat it. But there's this almost hidden hidden thing of like you you can't necessarily enjoy the leisure as much as you can enjoy the restful version because you kind of go, well, how you know? I don't really know what's going on behind the curtain. I don't know if they're as a worker being treated well. Are they getting the wages? Are, you know, are they satisfied with the work? Whereas if it's like, no, we put that work in, and yeah, maybe it was you know, not the easiest thing, or nobody likes peeling potatoes or whatever. But it's like, actually, we enjoyed the fruit of our labor, and there's a beautiful, a beautiful rest in that. Mm. So I thought that was a really good sort of example of it's not just about like the food we eat but it's like the process and enjoying that yeah and i, th I suppose that's the thing labor saving devices whatever they are whether they are the maybe the, the more tangible ones we look at or or maybe the less tangible ones we see now in in the it and mm. that sort of ai space but they're, they're sold on this saving time thing that we we've referred to in a number yeah. of different ways oh i can take order a takeout and that's going to save me so much time because i just have to go online two minutes put my order in and it will arrive when it arrives versus it's going to take me 10 minutes to chop up vegetables 20 minutes to cook it that's half an hour you know blah 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 but actually saving time for what and and i suppose if you sometimes it's right to do that actually you're busy you're looking after kids you need to save that time and, and maybe ordering that takeout that takes two minutes is the right thing so that you yeah. can do something else but if you're saving time to well you're not sure ultimately yeah. if any you're basically you're going to fill in that space with whatever the closest distraction is to tie it into what we talked about last week then perhaps that's not the right thing and there was a there's an author or I don't know if I'd call him author. I think he's an author. He's got a couple of books out called uh, Cole Schaefer. He does honey copy and you know basically writes marketing copy for businesses and companies he likes. And his sort of journey into making that a success was that he was working for like a white collar organization, as far as I can remember, and he realized that actually he wanted to go it alone, but he didn't have the finances to do it. So he worked manual labor um, and it, it was basically 
rolling up carpets in old apartments and stuff and taking them out, rolling up carpets, taking them out. And he'd start quite early, but he'd finish by like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, which would mean he'd have the rest of the day to go and be creative and do his writing and build that side of it. And he said it was it was much better to, you know, basically be paid for some manual labor that didn't require my brain, that allowed my brain to create and be in that space that later in the day I was then able to create rather than selling my uh, or being paid for the creativity and my brain and those things. That then when I wanted to do my own project and create, I didn't have that space or capacity because I'd already been paid for those things. I'd already given that. And that was really interesting that actually that's not an unusual story. I've heard other authors and writers think of uh, sort of suggest that, that, hey, be paid for your manual labor, for your physical because then you can be creative with your, um, with your other, with your mental, with your mind, with your creativity, and wow. and I suppose that's what we're talking about here. Labor saving devices. It's like, well, you can do something physically, and that'd be restful for your brain. Many of us are in jobs that require our brain and our strategies and our creativity, and actually, if we just numb that, that doesn't allow that space. But actually, in the idea of just sitting there. Or standing there, sorry, sitting or washing up, standing or washing up, or walking and going, you know, going out for a walk, or going mm-hmm. into the garden and kneeling and doing the gardening. Those things, they're low intensity. They create that space for your brain to catch up with your body um, and just to process those things. And so, I suppose we're suggesting that not always, but sometimes there's a hidden cost to that that we're running at 100 miles an hour that we're trying to cram so much into these spaces that we haven't realized that there's a benefit from going a bit slower for living at the pace that you can walk for letting the brain catch up with your body yeah absolutely i think that's i think that's really good and spot on so i I was just thinking uh as we're obviously talking through technology to one another it reminded me of another example i came across when i was at university um, and it's this idea that, um, but it's not this idea, it's uh, some study that they did where basically they got one set of students to take notes using their laptops, typing away, and one set of students to take notes using pen and paper, pad of pen and paper. And effectively, because you can type much quicker than you can write, um, the, the students taking notes on their laptops were able to capture a lot more information in the notes but when they were questioned afterwards, um, effectively, on uh, you know on the material, they they knew much less. That much less had sort of sunk in. Whereas the the people that had taken the notes with their the pen and the paper, it's almost like because you're limited, you can't just copy verbatim what the person is right you know is saying, or you can't just copy verbatim what is on the board, or you literally have to synthesize it a little bit take some time to think in the moment work and then write down a summary uh, and there's i think again there's an element here of labor saving devices the idea is it saves us labor it saves us toil but in order for us to grow in order for us to learn in order for us to develop we have to do a little bit of work we have to do a little bit of toil and again it's that study we we mentioned last week again it's you know in that study the people sitting in a room for 15 minutes like almost 
well, two thirds of men and a quarter of the women in that study would rather have shocked themselves with an electric shock than actually just sit there and think. It's like, oh, that is that's the state that we are in. I don't know whether that has been changed and adapted by our technology, things like our smartphones and stuff. I'm sure it has. I I bet that if they did that study, you know, this today or in another 10 years, those numbers would be higher. Um, But it's like I want to add about that thing is it was a painful electric shock. It wasn't just like a little buzz. They've said it's like legitimately quite painful. Yeah. Yeah. Not dangerous, but like genuinely cause. And I think they gave people either a warning or even a test shock at the beginning. Like this is what it will feel like. There's no illusions. This is painful. And people preferred the pain to the pain of like thinking, which is really interesting. And so again, you're like, labor isn't bad. It you, there are elements of it that are toilsome, that are painful, and that are you know it would be great to be saved from. But I think there is um, there's that interesting thing of there's also just space in that repetition in the in the boredom for that's where we can reflect that's where we can grow so i was i was listening to another podcast and i don't know if it's quite the same but maybe it's more of a hobby angle of it but um it's actually uh, the the wine podcast with jesse meekham and he was talking about how he's got his like woodworking shed or whatever it is and you know invested all these tools and he was asking about how he'd make this thing and someone said you know you could like buy that for cheaper and he was like, well, even though his whole thing was budgeting, it's like, it's ultimately not all about that. You know, he said, yeah, I might not be that great at it. <laughs> not producing something that's going to sell amazingly or even sell at all. But I enjoy it. And there's something different, like when you've created something and put it on your shelf versus when you buy it. And and you, you're experiencing that probably a little bit at the moment with some of one of the hobbies you're doing. But, yeah. you know, if you came into the house and there were some things around that weren't maybe perfect, but she's like, well, I made that. That's a bit of me in that. That's like, yeah. you know, and it took me hours to do that versus, yeah, it took me 10 minutes to order that off Amazon and I quite like it and it makes the decor. It's like, oh, no, yeah. there's something that happens when we put labor into something and we create it, you know, yeah. and uh, maybe you've got an insight on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um I, th- I think there's it's one of the reasons why you think you go to like an artisanal market or something and you don't expect it to be priced at the same stuff as the mass produced bits and bobs that you get in, you know, a hardware store or, you know, a a, a major retailer, because ultimately the, the there's something more in it. You kind of go, this was made by a person by you know with their hands with tools with intention and there's beauty there because it's actually it is unique whereas you go yeah you pick up any mug from you know um i'm trying to think who sells mugs who sells mugs everyone um, sells mugs you know, yeah from a big store and you just kind of go yes yeah, it's just like a plain white mug or it might have a pattern or whatever but it's like but it's practically uh, indistinguishable from all of the rest of them in that box and that that's great if you want a set of perfectly you know the straight everything's beautiful everything's straight and everything is utilitarian but it isn't necessarily unique and has that character so we expect to pay much more for something that you go yeah that was handmade by a person and it has character than for something why is that i think it's because we value the humanity in it that as you said something of that creator 
is in that object. And so I, yeah, you, you mentioned it since the beginning of this year in January 23, um, I, we took up something that I did at, at university. I've started doing some pottery again, some ceramics. And I just, I really enjoy it. And yeah, for sure. Like if I were to, if I were to try and sell this stuff, I'd, that's not what I'm trying to do, but you would go, yeah, this is not going to be as cheap a mug as you would get from somewhere else. But hopefully you would go, oh yeah, but there's, there's beauty in that. And there's, there, there's personality in it. But even more than that, because for you, it's the most valuable because you spent several hours making that. And yes. then it went into the kiln and then you're like, oh, that didn't quite work. And so, you're, you know, and you're you are a part of those things. So in the, even if you were to sell it, which you, I don't think you are planning on it, it's actually to you, it's the most valuable. You know, you get to put those things up or give them away. And it's like you've given away a bit of you, like a significant bit of you, because that's your creativity. But that was your time as well. And I think that's the ultimate thing. It's like, yeah, you could have gone along and even gone to an artisanal fair and bought it off somebody else. But there was something about you being in that thing that is quite powerful. And I suppose as we as we come in to wrap this conversation up uh, at this time now, I think that maybe we're wrestling and, and maybe suggesting that, yeah, there's a cost to labor saving devices in that um yeah we lose that mental space and we fill it oftentimes with things that don't enrich and that mm. actually maybe sometimes and i'm not saying we go outside and we get our rugs and we beat them again with things like maybe that isn't the thing but actually to sometimes slow down and just embrace the labor and and let our mind wander i'll tell you what though I bet that rug beating would be a fairly uh, good release, you know, a good release, a fairly aerobic exercise. You get some energy out and like you could like, you know, you know, I think that'd be good for some people. So maybe, yeah, you heard it here first. Go get a rug beater. It's probably just a stick. Hang a rug up and beat it. You probably feel great afterwards, but maybe wear a dust mask. Yeah. And that's it for this week, guys, on the Make It Count podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, we love hearing from you. And uh, let us know how you're making it count. Absolutely. See you guys next week.